The scripture reading this morning is taken from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4 to 11. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4 to 11. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have son and daughter. Find wives for your son and give your daughter in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughter. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it, if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, say. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declare the Lord. <coughs> now I'd like to invite Reverend Gabriel to bring us God's word. Very good morning to my fellow colleagues and church. Um, first question, did you sleep well last night? If you're like me, then uh, you must have, you know, been checking up on the, on the counts and all that. And uh, interestingly, my sermon title this morning is Settle Down. Has it settled down? Someone keep me <laughs> in check. How can we settle down when things seems like, you know, moving um, in directions that we can't seem to seems to understand, right? Let's turn to the Word of God this morning for enlightenment for Himself, God Himself to speak to us. Now, the passage this morning is taken from Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, which captures a very significant part of the Jewish history. We all know that the, the, uh, the Israelites, they, they, went, they were captured and went into exile to the Babylonian kingdom. And the author is none other than Prophet Jeremiah himself, who is also known as the weeping prophet, a prophet who weeps a lot, who cries a lot. Now, if given a choice, I'd rather live as a prophet under uh, in the kingdom of King David or, or King Solomon, where people enjoy peace, where people had, you know, uh, bountiful provision, where the king uh, was righteous, uh, where the people were proud of their nationalities. But Prophet Jeremiah did not live in the times like that. Prophet Jeremiah, he lived seeing the destruction of Jerusalem. This is an excerpt that he wrote in Lamentation. Uh, by the way, this is a, uh, should be a portrait of uh, Prophet Jeremiah. And this is what uh, Jeremiah wrote in Lamentation, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Let me read for this. How deserted lies the city once so full of people. How like a widow is she, who once was great among the nations. She, she who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. Right, And 
prophet Jeremiah was referring to Jerusalem, a, a kingdom so, a city so glorious, uh, so rich that even Queen Sheba wanted to visit, you know, uh, under the reign of King Solomon. Bitterly she weeps at night. Tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one who comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her. They have become her enemies. You know, when you are rich, then people want, uh, would want to get near to you. But when you are poor, when you are left uh, with nothing, then there's another story altogether. Verse 3. After affliction and uh, hash labor. Judah has gone into exile. She dwells among the nations. She finds no resting place. All who pursue her have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. Now, such was the distress of the sight of um, the destructed, destroyed Jerusalem at the time of exile. The Israelites, they have lost their nation. Some of them were left behind stay behind in Jerusalem together with the ruin um, but a big group of them have been carried into exile into the foreign land if you are among those who are left behind in Jerusalem um, I think you should not be happy too early why? because the Babylonian uh, when they came uh, the, the army when they came they look at the people and they took away those who are skilled uh, those who can what good the hands can contribute towards nation building, you know. And they, they took away those who are rich with them. They took away those who who are adorable, you know, who, who look pretty. <laughs> Children who are adorable, who look pretty. These are the people whom the Babylonian army took away with them into exile, back to the Babylonian kingdom. Left behind people who are poor, people who are not so you know, good-looking, people who are not so well-fed, they are left behind by themselves. Among them, none other than Prophet Jeremiah, who was also left behind. By the time we come to Jeremiah chapter 29, the, the Israelites, they were already taken into exile, into captive by the Babylonian kingdom. Jeremiah made a prophecy before chapter 29. Uh, he made a prophecy. He gave a stern warning to the Israelites that an army from the north is coming. You all should repent. That was the prophecy of the destruction. The Israelites, they were worshipping idols. They were making sacrifices of their own children uh, where God said, this is not the kind of sacrifices I'm asking for, but they did not take heart. They thought they, by, by offering sacrifices, they can keep on doing their own ways. Right? So the Lord gave uh, a prophecy of destruction through prophet Jeremiah. And then by the time we reach Jeremiah 29, uh, chapter 29, the people has already been taken captive into exile. The prophecy has come true. Now Israelites, there were a lot of them were brought into an, an alien place, right? A strange place, a place where they cannot call their home. And in order to survive, now they need to learn new way of living, new culture, new navigation in the town, probably new language that they need to speak. Some of them sold as slaves. They were forced, remember? They were taken captives, so they were slaves. And they are separated from their beloved ones. They were separated from their uh, parents uh, separated from children, wives, from, from husbands, 
many were taken away into exile. Now, what kind of good advice would you give if you can give them some advice? What kind of good advice can you give to this group of people who seemingly live in a foreign land with no, not much of support, not much of privilege? And looking at us, sometimes our condition is not so much different from theirs. We may be a little bit more privileged. At least we, um, we are living in our homeland. But sometimes I do wonder what are your feelings. You know, if you are like me, sometimes you do feel like you are not really supported by your government. <laughs> you are not really, uh, you know, uh, the privileged one. Some of the policies are not for you. Things are not for you, but rather against you. And we feel distressed sometimes living in this kind of condition. Is there a good piece of advice for us as well? Now, as I say, we are more privileged than the exile. The, the people who are in exile, at least we got house. At least we got blue IC card. Uh, at least we can call ourselves Sarawakians. We can, we can call ourselves Malaysians. So we are slightly better. Okay. We are better than the Israelites in exile. But what kind of advice would the law give to us today? What kind of advice that the law has given to the Israelites that we can take heart this morning? Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 4. Let us read together. This is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says to all those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now we all know that King Nebuchadnezzar is the one who um, commanded his army, is the one who is in charge of the Babylonian kingdom, is the is the you know the biggest person around at that time. But here the Lord did not say um you know, King Nebuchadnezzar is the one who carried you. This is not what the Lord said. The Lord said, I, I carried you into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Why? Why would the Lord say that? I, I believe that God did not say that in order to laugh at them, in order to mock at His uh, people. Now look at you, you know, you did not take heart my advices, my, my, my prophecy, you did not uh, listen to the oracles. And so this is what happened. I am the one who is punishing you now. I'm the one who, have ca- who has carried you into exile now. I don't think this is the tone um, that God is using here. Because of the subsequent verses, we know that God actually meant well for His people. Now, what, what is God trying to say here when He said that I carry you? Even though King Nebuchadnezzar is the king, but God is the one who carried them, His people, into exile. And as I think about it, I think over and over again in Psalms, in, in Proverbs, in some other places, this is the image that God uses I'm a father and so I, I use a, an image of a father carrying a baby. But you know, you can, you can use a, an image of a mother as well carrying a baby. And if you ever carry a baby before, for the first minute, it is sweet and it is easy, right? Especially when you carry other people's baby. Uh, carry until this baby cry, then you pass back to the parents. 
very easy, right? Very sweet and very easy, you know, just, oh, you're so fluffy. <laughs> don't know if fluffy is the right word or not, but <laughs> not dot, huh? yeah? So you carry baby. But can you imagine carrying a baby like really, you know, like a father, like a mother? And, re- and I recall the time um, when I was carrying my firstborn, I was inexperienced. Um, so whenever she cried, I just carry. And it's not for one minute. It's for 10 minutes. Okay, and you can imagine the weight of this baby. Not very heavy, but still, you know, 4-5 kg. My, my first one, my firstborn was born at 4 kg. Yeah? Around, around there, around close to 4 kg. So not so heavy, but, but you can feel the weight. So you can imagine carrying that. And the position also, you know, sometimes you carry like that, cannot, must be like that. Sometimes still cry, then you must change the position all over. Uh, and, and I have tried carrying little baby for one hour. That's my record. Yeah. Don't need to clap. Huh? <laughs> but it is just so hard. That's, that's the point that I wanted to share with you, to carry a baby, even a baby for one hour. And this God who is merciful and who is ever loving, who is ever gracious towards His people say that I am the one who carried you. And not for 10 minutes, not for one hour, but all the way from Jerusalem to the city that they were exiled into, Babylon. God say, I'm the one who carry you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are all God's sweet burden. Yeah, God is willing to carry His people with His arms. And even today, God is willing to carry you and I. Even, even if you are as heavy as I am, God is willing to carry you, even though we can be quite troublesome to Him at times, just like children. Yeah, He still loves us more than a mother's love for his uh, for her child. Verses five and seven. These are practical advices that God is now giving to His beloved people, to His beloved children in the midst of exile. And this is what the Lord said through the mouth of prophet Jeremiah. Shall we read together? Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, the people who who were in exile, they were advised to be reconciled to their captivity, to make the best out of it. They were asked to do what? They were asked to build houses and settle down. My brothers and sisters in Christ, you don't build houses if you don't intend to stay for the long term. Can you imagine like you, um, if you travel to a place for three days, would you buy a house there? No. You will stay in the hotel. How about one week? Let's say if you are if you are here in Kuching, you know, or not Kuching, or most of us are here in Kuching. Anyway, let's say if you are in, 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 um, yeah, in a foreign place, okay. Um, any, any country, lah, huh? For one week, how about one week? Would you buy a house there? 
one month, would you buy a house there? No. The Lord said, build houses and settle down. God is saying to them, you, you, you better stay prepared to stay for the long term, right? Not one week, not one month, not half a year, even more than one year, you are here to settle down. Build houses and settle down. That's where I get my sermon title this morning, Settle Down. And not only that, the Lord advises them, the Lord not, not just advising them, but told them, commanded them to plant gardens. Do you plant plants or plant anything and, and be you know, expecting to eat the fruit the next day? No. How about next week? You plant durian tree today. Can you eat the fruit next year? Children, maybe they will, they will think, yeah, maybe one year long enough. No, but adults, we know that durian trees only start to you know, bear fruits in, in a number of years, at least five to seven years. But the Lord told them to settle down, to build houses, to settle down, to plant gardens, to, to, to stay here for the long term and seek the prosperity, seek the, the peace of that place that they were exiled into. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what would you think? Can you imagine yourself to be one of those who were in exile, you know, living in the Babylonian kingdom during that period of time? As I say, many were enslaved. They lived like slaves. Many were forced to be there. Not that they voluntarily um, go there. No, they were not there as a tourist. No, they were forced to be there. They were carried into exile. Those who were outstanding like Daniel and his three friends, they were given position in the civil, uh, 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 you know, the civil um, <laughs> position. Uh -huh. But still, they were oppressed. Even as civil servants, they were oppressed. They were subjected to threats and oppression. Living as a foreigner in a foreign land requires a lot of adjustment. It's not going for a holiday. Some of us, we travel to you know other country that speaks not English no Chinese some of us we have been to Korea we have been to Japan we have been to Thailand and we are happy because we, we, we are on holiday but it's very different when you stay in a country an alien place you know where people just live a different way than, than you people speak different languages um different from what you are you are speaking what you are used to can you imagine living at this kind of place for one year for two years for three years it's not so fun now isn't it but these are the kind of condition that the Israelites they were in and my point here is that to live in a foreigner as a foreigner in a foreign land is just so hard it's difficult okay now, imagine yourself to be one of them. You have just lost your, your land, you have lost your family, you are separated from your beloved ones. What is your biggest desire now? What would you ask God to do for you if you are an Israelite living in Babylonian kingdom, in one of the cities? What would you pray? Revenge! Right, isn't it? This kingdom, this Babylonian kingdom, just destroyed my very homeland. Just killed my, my beloved family members. Took away all my possessions. 
kill my dogs. You know what I'm trying to say, right? So the prayer is to ask for revenge. That's a natural thing to do. But no, God did not answer them like that. God did eventually restore them. They eventually bring them back to their original country, to their country to restore their nation for them. But that is not the immediate answer. In the letter that Jeremiah wrote to them, instead of telling them that, oh, you know, don't worry, you are in this place for just a short while and then after that, God will bring you back before you you you, you know it, just a blink of eyes, then you'll be back at your hometown. Instead of saying that, God is not saying that, God is saying to them, build houses, plant gardens, have your children get married. In other words, be prepared to stay for the long term. In the midst of this tasteful experience, God asked them to settle down instead of going back. They are not there simply to experience a different lifestyle. No, they are expected to embrace the exact situation that they were, that they are now in. God's advices to them, even though contrary to, um, what they were expecting were meant for their own good. God is not saying to them, you know, uh, good lah, you didn't listen to me, so now you have to suffer lah. You know, this is not what God is saying essentially. Because why? Because in verses 8 to 9, God say that the other kind of advices is not good for you. I meant well for you, right? Verses 8 to 9, Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Now before the destruction of Jerusalem, there were already this bunch of uh, false prophets who falsely prophesied that God will protect them, that God will shelter them, that the, the arm, there's, there's no army coming to destroy them, you know, this, this bunch of false prophets. And their words were proven to be falsehood when the destruction happened, right? So they were already proven, proven to be false prophets. And now, in the foreign land, in the exile, this bunch of false prophets once again gave the people of God false hope. This bunch of false prophets prophesied a quick restoration which God never promised God did not promise his people um, you know that there will be a quick resolution that they will be brought quickly back to their homeland no eventually yes but not immediately not immediately immediate advice is not to be prepared to go back to their homeland, yeah? So these false prophets, um, false teachers proclaim hope of speedy release. Why? Because the people of God desire to hear this kind of advice. The people of God love to hear this kind of sweet advices, sweet prophecy. The Lord shall protect us no matter what we, we have done. The Lord shall, shall shield us from any kind of harm no matter what we have make out in our hearts. You know, the people of God desire to love, uh, love to hear this and these are the words from the false prophets. These are not the words from God Himself. Applying that to our nation today, sometimes we wish that uh, there is an immediate transformation of our nation. You know, we wish to see quick fix. We wish to have 
quick answer. No more oppression in Malaysia. No more lies in Malaysia. No evil abound. We want to go back. See, the Israelites, they wanted to go back to Jerusalem. Where do we want to go back to? Many of us, we wanted to go back to the Madeka day, right? The glorious day where Dung Abdul Rahman proclaimed, Madeka, 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 the three biggest um, uh, so-called the, the ethnic groups in Malaysia, Malay, Chinese and Indians, we all love each other, buddy-buddy, you know. I can eat my kampua, you can eat your nasi lemak on the same table. We can still do that in Sarawak, right? But a lot of our West Malaysians, when they come here, this surprises them. You mean you can do that? We want Malaysia to experience a quick transformation. We want to go back. We wish for an immediate fix, a speedy release, a quick solution. But God's plan may not be what we think it is. We ought to seek God's will rather than infusing our own wishful thinking. You see, the people of God, if you still remember the word from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, um, uh, pray and turn away from their evil ways, then, you know, I would forgive them, blah, blah, blah. Humble themselves, you know, seek my way. But the thing is, when people of God, when we say, yeah, I want to humble myself, I want to seek your way, but your way better be my way. <laughs> at the back of our, our mind. The Israelites, they were like, yeah, we are suffering now. We are exiled in Babylonian kingdom. Let us hear from the Lord. Let us hear from God what He has for us. And then these are the words, settle down. Build houses, plant trees. Settle down. And then they were like, no, 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 this is not what we want to hear. Let us hear from the word of God again. Verses 8, 9. These are the words that they wanted to hear. A quick fix. The Lord shall bring us back in no time. The Lord shall heal our land in no time. These are the quick fix that they would rather hear. While they say, yeah, we are here to hear God's word. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we better be careful when we say we want to seek God's will. It's God Himself. It's God's will that we really need to seek rather than our own will and our own way and also we need to work and expect God to work in his time right verse 10 this is what the Lord says when 70 years are completed for Babylon I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to you to bring you back to this place there's a time plan for God's plan right sometimes it's not good enough to know what God will. But when will He deliver? Right? Let me repeat that. It is not good enough sometimes to know that God, what is His will, you know? When, uh, what will He deliver? But also, when will He deliver? Because the wait can be quite long. For the Israelites, it's 70 years. That's why, stay here for the long term. Build houses, plant trees, 70 years. After that, then God will bring you back to Israel. I don't know how many years for Malaysia. Yeah, but we are not too far away from 70 years. I hope not until 70 years. But yeah, God 
does not function to our times. He's, he's not bound to our ways. He's not bound to our terms and conditions. When we pray, He hears, but He has to answer as well because He is God. We are not God. When we seek Him, we have to hear what He has to say to us as well because He is God and we are not. And so God does not need to function to our time. He has His intended time to bring about His intended plan. And this is where waiting upon the Lord comes in. We don't like to wait, right? But this is where we need to wait. We need to come, we need to come in and just sit at the feet of Jesus and just ask the Lord to show us His way and His time. Because why? Because changes take time as well. You know, many years ago and even, um, recently, uh, we have heard uh, one of the most popular slogans, right? Uba, Uba. This is the time to change, change. But you know what, brothers and sisters in Christ, changes take times. And looking at the election result, you may not, uh, you may not realize or you may not want to, uh, you may not agree, right? But things have changed, isn't it? Things have changed. For, for the different coalition, for the different parties to have almost equal result, things have changed. It's not like last time. Changes take time. But can we wait or not? Can we wait because we know that the Lord has His intended purpose. The Lord has His intended time to work out His salvation plan as well. And the Lord means well. Verse 11 is a verse that is loved by many and often at the time we just applied it into our personal life. But in its original context, this verse is for a nation, you know, that waits upon the Lord. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, let us read together. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The people of God were instructed to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. They were instructed to settle down where this place belongs to the Babylonian kingdom. This is a place that reminds them that they are alien, that they are exiled, that they do not belong here. This is a place where they have to adjust so hard just to survive, you know, to learn the language there, to learn the way um, to to survive in that place. Sounds familiar? Don't need to tell me where is this place in your mind, right? We can understand to a certain degree what it feels like to live in that kind of place. People care less about what happened to us, right? People care less about what policy is for you or what not for you, but the Lord told the people to seek the peace and prosperity of this very city that they live in right there at the place is where they are you know they need to embrace is the exact place that when they need to pray for peace to come upon the city they need to pray for prosperity for their city why verse 11 says why because the law plans this is in his eternal um, will the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you can we believe in that can we say amen to that do we really trust that the Lord 
has planned to prosper us rather than to harm us really. The people of God, the Israelites, when they were living in the Babylonian kingdom, we can imagine the kind of prayer that they make. Lord, would you send fire upon the Babylonian kingdom? Would you destroy this wicked nation? Right? That's the kind of prayer they make. But what if really Babylonian kingdom uh, were destroyed back then? Who will suffer? The Israelites. Because they were there. Right? And so the Babylonian kingdom, the, the cities, if set on fire, then the Israelites also suffer. They also will uh, perish. Right? But the Lord in His eternal mind, in His eternal wisdom, the Lord knows what to do, right? The Lord says, settle down, pray for this city, seek the peace and prosperity for this very city that you live in. Of course, God has a plan eventually to restore them, eventually to bring them back to Jerusalem and to restore the nation. And we all know that it happened according to what God had uh, had promised them. But while waiting, what to do? While waiting for that to happen, they were told to live out according, to live their life according to the will of God right at where they were, or right at where they are. The people of God ought to be testimony vehicle for God right at where we are. As we grapple at the very difficult situation that we are in, as we struggle with our daily um, activities, you know, it is right here that we need to settle down by the strength of God, by the grace of God. God wants us to live in the presence, not in the past glorious day. For Malaysia, the past is the Medica day, right? The glorious Medica day, the, the hope where the people of Malaysia, we are still hopeful that we are building a nation we are building our homeland. From the Israelites, the past is the glorious day of the Davidic kingdom, the Solomon's uh, kingdom. God didn't want them to live in the past. God wanted them, God wanted us to live in the present. God did not, did not, did not want us to live in the future as well, right? Because the future will come, but it's not here yet. There will be a restoration. The people of God will eventually be uh, be brought back to Jerusalem but it's not the time now that is not the advice now to pack and be ready to go no the time has not come we are here to stay for the long term we are here we are called to stay in the presence to live in the presence even as broken as we are even struggling even learning a new language even trying to you know, find way to stay alive. God wants to use us right here where we are in the very situation that we are in. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the thing about following Jesus is not where you are. You can be here. You can be elsewhere if you are listening. You may be, you may not be in Kuching even. The call of discipleship is not where you are, but who you are following. Who are you following? Jeremiah stayed on in Jerusalem. God used him to speak forth, speak forth his, um, his prophecy, his words. 
And most of these Israelites, they were in exile. They were in a foreign, foreign land. They were in a place where they, they, they can't call, you know, their homeland. And yet God said, I'm using you as well. So settle down. My plan is to prosper you. My plan is to bless you, you know, with peace. I want to use you to be testimony wherever you are. The people of God are God's vehicle to reach out to those who have yet to come to know Him. We know this as a matter of fact. The reason why God chose Abraham is not just to bless Abraham so that Abraham, this single person, can be rich and powerful and that's it. No, no, no. God chose Abraham so that He can use Abraham to bless nations. God chose Israelites and set them apart so that they belong to Him. Not just they will prosper, but that, but that, you know, through them, the gospel, the blessing of God can come true for other nations as well. God delivered Israelites out of the oppression of Egypt so that the nations around will be fearful of God. God provide for them in the wilderness. Remember, God later on also provide them victory in the promised land. So all this for ages, God has been working through His people. God has been using His people through the darkest times in the history. As slaves, God used them. As mighty nation under David, God used them. And even right now, in exile, in a foreign land, God has intended to use them as well, right where they are. God has carried them from Jerusalem to exile, God went ahead of them. God went with them. God stayed on with them. Even from Jerusalem to Babylon is an act of love. God disciplined whom He loved. They did not listen to Him and so God had to discipline them, right? It is still an act of love. God has meant well. God has intended to bless His people wherever we are. And in verse 5, we see here God's intention to bless His people in, in fruitfulness, not just in terms of property owning, right? Houses, property. But also in terms of agriculture, harvesting, food on the table. Do you not have houses? Do you not have food on the table? And not just that, in verse 6, fruitfulness is said to include the fruitfulness of family, of descendants. And what is, what is better than just one generation of descendants? is the fruitfulness of multi-generations. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. And not just that, they too may have sons and daughters. You will be Agon and Amma, you know? This is the kind of language that you are familiar with. God say, you will, you, your, your, your son, your children will get married and not just that, you will be Agon and Amma. The fruitfulness of multi-generations. God's plan transcends just what we can see. God's plan transcends just one generation. God cares for our children. God cares for our grandchildren as well, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We may have different political views when it comes to politics, but let us remind each other this morning that we are all children of God. We are all citizens of this heavenly 
kingdom. We may have different ideology about how Malaysia can be better, how, uh, which party should be the winning party, which uh, politician should be the, you know, uh, the leaders, uh, which uh, person should be the next prime minister. We may differ in our opinion, but as Christians, we should not differ as we seek the will of God. There's only one will of God. And we cannot just hear what we like to hear. We also have to take heart what God is saying, right? As we say, we seek your will. It's really God's will that we should seek. And as you seek His will, you've got to know that God's will only will be accomplished in God-appointed time. And so you've got to learn to be patient, You've got to learn to persevere for the long haul. You've got to settle right where you are. You've got to live in the presence. And I don't speak in terms of literal terms, you know. Your very situation, your very circumstances, as you struggle alone, struggle by the grace of God. As you struggle alone, know that God is with you. Know that He has intended to use us wherever we are to be His beacon of light in the midst of darkness. Darkness will always be around but it will not overcome light. John 1.5 And so even Gentiles will come to know God as they look at us Christians. Hopefully they can see God in our lives. And so they will come to know God's mighty works and His mighty hands as well. Two questions for your reflection. Not just a political reflection, but also reflection um, with everything that is going on in your life right now. What is the one thing that you are struggling with lately, even right now, perhaps? Are you settling well? Number two, are you, help, are you hopeful? in God and not just that are you hopeful in God's timing let us spend a bit of time just reflecting upon the questions and responding to God in our personal prayer right now